Welcome to the sermon podcast of Southside Baptist Church, a body of Christ located in beautiful Norman Park, Georgia. We are so glad you chose to listen in today. It's our prayer you would find the message of Jesus Christ compelling and uplifting, and that your life would be changing continually from hearing the Word of God. If you would like more information about our church or would like more digital content, please feel free to check us out on the web at southsidenp.org. And now for today's message. Turn with me, if you will, this evening to the prophet Jonah. I'll give you a moment to turn there if you haven't already because most of us are not familiar with the location of Jonah. But if you go to Obadiah and you take a right, all right, you'll find Jonah. And if you go to Micah, you've gone too far, you'll have to back up. To get to Micah, you need to take the left to get back to Jonah. Okay? When we talk about Jonah, the series I've titled the series this, The Boundless Compassion of God. The Boundless uh, Compassion of, of God. And the, the, the subject for tonight is Run, Jonah, Run. Uh, run, Jonah, Run. And what I want you to do is, if you're like me, you can put your name in place of Jonah. Run, Michael, run. Because that's exactly what I did uh, for several years uh, before God finally, fortunately, did nothing serious had to take place before me to get my act together. But Run, Jonah, Run is the, the title of our uh, message uh, this evening. Again, the boundless uh, compassion of, of, of God. And so be Jonah chapter 1, verses uh, 1 through 3. Now, the book of Jonah is... The fifth of the twelve books of the minor prophets in Scripture. There's twelve minor prophets. And Jonah is the fifth of those uh, books. It's sandwiched again in between Obadiah and Micah. Now most of us, when we think about the book of Jonah, you think about what? The whale. Or the big fish. Alright, the big fish. That's what most of us think about. Kids, they learn that in, 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 in Bible study. They learn that you know, early on in their life and we all think about that and that is true that is a huge part of the 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 narrative there if you will of the the book of Jonah and his and his uh, running from God and, and and you know how God uh, gets him back on track and all that is true but it's much more uh, than that and ultimately the book of Jonah is about God who is a boundless God and a compassionate God you know, there are no bounds to the compassion of God. Praise God. Amen? Amen. There, yes, and amen from all of us. A compassion not only for Jonah, as we'll see, but also for his fellow Israelites. This passion of God, it, it, compassion of God, it extended beyond Jonah. It extended to those pagan soldiers or those pagan sa- uh, sailors and also to a, an entire city of, of, of Nineveh. Uh, and I'm not sure that maybe none of you are aware, but I did not realize this, but there is a city called Nineveh in Indiana. I wouldn't want to live there, but there's a city called Nineveh in Indiana, unless it's that repentant part of, of, of the city. But Jonah, it engages the reader in a theological reflection on that compassionate God. 
uh, as we're going to see, the character of God. And, of course, a self-reflection on the degree which our own character, our own character as followers of God, as followers of Christ, should mirror that of God. We, too, should be compassionate. And you're going to see that Jonah was, uh, you know, he was, he, was, he was bigoted, he wasn't compassionate, he was, you know, he was pouty, he was all these other things. And we're going to see that as we walk through uh, the book of, of, of Jonah. And so Jonah's going to show us how we are to become the vehicle for which the compassion of God is spread to all those around us. And so if you found that passage is a little bit of introduction there, let's, let's stand and we'll read those first three verses there in chapter 1. The Bible says this, and by the way, most believe that this is Jonah, that Jonah actually, this is his first-hand account of, of his story, and he wrote uh, this. He's the author. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Verse 3, But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go to them with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Father God, we come to you, Lord. And we can all see us as Jonah. Many of us has ran, have ran from you. Many of us have spent many years on the run. Until finally, God, you reached down and you finally got a hold of us in some situation, some circumstance, or whatever it is, Lord, those of us who have been saved, uh, that's how that worked out for, for, for us. But, Lord, you've given us a purpose. You've called us to do whatever it is in our lives that we are called to do. That you, We have a purpose. We have You have a will for our lives, and we need to do uh, that purpose. And so, Lord, I pray that as we walk through uh, this evening, Lord, as we see Jonah, we see your call, Lord, and we see the rebellion of Jonah, we learn some things about ourselves this evening. Lord, we love you and praise you. It's in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. So it's difficult to imagine anything more embarrassing than this. On October the 25th, 1964, playing in San Francisco, the NFL's Minnesota Vikings, they led the game 27-17. to 17. It was in the fourth quarter, so the game was almost over. The game seemed in the bag, especially when the San Francisco 49ers fumbled the ball in their own territory. Jim Marshall, the six foot four, 260-pound defensive end for the Vikings, scooped up the fumble and started running. Marshall was all alone as he ran down the field. The problem was Marshall was running the wrong way. He was running towards his own end zone. Everyone knew what was happening except Marshall. Everyone was in disbelief, including the play-by-play announcer who said this, Marshall is running the wrong way. He thinks he scored a touchdown. Upon arriving in his end zone in solitude, a pleased Marshall tossed the ball in a nonchalant celebration of his accomplishments. That celebration was short-lived, however. The referee awarded San Francisco two points for a safety. A player from San Francisco rushed up, patted Marshall on the arm and said, Thanks, Jim. Fortunately for Marshall, the Vikings held on the win despite Marshall's mistake. Marshall went on to a 20-year 
uh, career there in the NFL. He made two Pro Bowls and was a key member of the Minnesota Vikings Purple People Leaders defense. They led the Vikings to several Super Bowl appearances in the 1970s. Now, we can think about that story. We can laugh about that story. But there are real moments in our lives, church, when we tend to run the wrong way. Some of those are on purpose. Some of those are by mistake, like Mr. Marshall's mistake here. But we often are the same way as Marshall. We pick up that ball and we run the wrong way. Or for some of us, we don't even pick up the ball. We just turn and run the wrong way. Well, Jonah ran the wrong way. When God called, Jonah ran the wrong way. In fact, Jonah is called the wrong way prophet. Because Jonah ran the wrong way. He was a prophet of God. He was called by God to proclaim the words of God to the people. That was that was Jonah's role. He was a prophet. He would proclaim the words that God gave him as a prophet to the people. Mainly the people of, of Israel. His, his people. And yet when God called him to travel to the Assyrian capital city of Nineveh. Jonah wanted nothing to do with that. He wanted nothing to do with it. Listen, I'm not going to those pagan people. I'm not going to that city of Nineveh. And so Jonah ran the other way. So the point this evening is this. God called Jonah to Nineveh. He called him to Nineveh, but Jonah responded to God by running in the opposite direction. And here's the thing. God calls us. He calls us. To do this or to do that. He calls us to do His will. He calls us to do His purpose. And sometimes we simply are disobedient and we turn and run the opposite direction. Running from God. So again, just two considerations this evening. Both from the activities of two individuals. We're going to see one from the Lord's point of view. And then one from Jonah's. Point of view, but both of these have a direct impact on you and I as well. So let's first look at the Lord's compassionate call to Jonah. The Lord's compassionate call to Jonah. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for the evil, their evil has come up before me. So God hears a word from, or Jonah hears a word directly from God. Word there is, means a direct revelation. So God directly spoke to Jonah. The Lord there means Jehovah. He's the existing one. He's the proper name for the one true God. The word to Jonah came from a direct revelation from God. Now, we don't have that today because we've got Scripture. We've got the complete revelation of God right here. So if we want to know what God says, we look in the book. But that wasn't the case in Jonah's time. Jonah was, again, he was a prophet of God. And a prophet was someone who was used by God to communicate his message to the world. In fact, this is how God communicated in the times of the prophets, he would talk to his prophet, Isaiah, Daniel, Jeremiah, all, all those individuals as well. He would call out to those prophets, and then the prophet would go out and say, Thus saith the Lord. This is what the God this is what God said. So God is giving a direct revelation. He's calling out, he's giving a direct word to Jonah. 
And again, Scripture is our revelation. It's our direct revelation from God. We study Scripture. We read Scripture. And God reveals to us His divine will and call for our lives through His Word. You want to know God's will for your life? Read the Word. You want to know what God's purpose for your life? Study Scripture. You'll find those things out. But God gives a direct revelation to Jonah there in verse one. And so Jonah, we see that in verse two, we see that what, what God said to Jonah. What did he say? He gave three things I want us to look at. First, he says, arise. This would have been a preparatory work. Jonah, listen, I need you to get up. I need you to get up. I need you to get up and get ready. Get prepared for what I'm getting ready to send you to do. The implication there is Jonah was living comfortably where he was. Jonah was comfortable in his green pew in Southside Baptist Church. He was comfortable where he was. He was good with where he was. Man, I, everything was, was fine. He was, he was doing God's work where he was. God had told him, to, God had apparently put him where he was. He was doing God's work. He was comfortable. He was taking pleasure in his current situation. So in Jonah's mind, Jonah had no intentions of going anywhere. It was good where he was. You know, I'm good here, Lord. I mean, this, this, place, is, this place is good. I, I, I'm getting things done. You know, all these other things. But Jonah was comfortable. And so God, when he says, arise, that's just a preparatory word. Listen, Jonah, arise. You're getting ready. I'm getting ready to do something with you. I'm getting ready to send you somewhere. In fact, at this particular time in Jonah's prophetic ministry, Israel was living in a time of political Prosperity. Things were good. Times were good. The Assyrians that they they had other they were preoccupied with all sorts of other different things, and so the Israelites were living in a a pretty politically stable time. So there wasn't really much going on. So it was easy for Jonah to be comfortable. It was easy for for him to 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 be uh, okay with where he was. And listen, you know we. The problem, I think, with, with our culture now is because we as Christians have lived so comfortably when we thought times were so good, and now they're not so good, and our cultures are not, it's not a comfortable time, and we really just don't know what to do about it. We're struggling with trying to handle it. It's happening so fast, but for Jonah, things were good. He was living in a politically prosperous time. And this allowed the King Jeroboam at the time, Jeroboam II, he captured much of Syria. I mean, the land was, the Israel was expanding its boundaries, in fact, because there was nobody to really mess with them at, at, that, at that time. And so there was no immediate threats to Israel. They enjoyed peace. They enjoyed prosperity. The irony of that is the peace and prosperity was a direct result of the compassion of God. The reason they were where they were is because of God. It had nothing to do with the Israelites. It had nothing to do with all those other things. But God, this compassionate God, and obviously Jonah had forgotten that. Nevertheless, God had called his prophet, telling him uh, in his ease and his comfortable situation, listen, Jonah, your ease and your comfortable situation has come to an end. Why? Because you need to get busy. Because number two is this, go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. 
He said, arise. And then he gives him a direct, go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. Does that sound familiar? If it doesn't, turn to Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Go. Therefore, go. And make disciples of what? All nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jonah, God tells Jonah to go. Go there means, Jonah, listen, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. Out of your sense of ease. Because you're going to go to Nineveh. Jonah knew exactly what Nineveh was. No, Jonah knew exactly where Nineveh was. Nineveh, the Bible says, was a great city. But Nineveh was a great city in all the wrong things. It was the capital of the Assyrian Empire at various times throughout history. Nineveh was a long-time enemy, enemy of Israel. Nineveh is actually located in modern-day Iraq, opposite of Mosul, some 220 miles northwest of Baghdad. But Nineveh was a wicked, evil, cruel city. It was a terrible place. And Jonah knew it. There were temples there for pagan worship. They were a warlike people. In fact, some of the Assyrian artwork depicts an extremely cruel and gruesome group of people. They were horrible. The whole city, the whole group of people was terrible. One commentator says this, Nineveh was 550 miles to the northeast of the northern kingdom of Israel. It had a population of over 600,000 people. It was the largest city in the world at the time of Jonah. The gardens of Nineveh were considered one of the seven wonders of the world. Its, its city had 1,500 towers. The walls were 100 feet high. It was well protected. Nineveh was the capital of sin. Nineveh was sin city. It's the Las Vegas of our day. The Assyrians were a constant threat to Israel, although not an immediate threat at this time. The Assyrians were known for their brutality, their wickedness, and their cruelty. So before we sit back and we're holier than thou here with Jonah, listen, I wouldn't want to go either. It's 600,000 people against one. Those aren't very good odds. But the problem, the issue was, is that one... Had God on his side, and that's all he needed. But it's 600,000 people against one. Going to this wicked, pagan, terribly brutal city. So Jonah's thinking to himself, listen, Lord. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm comfortable here. It's good here. I'm doing what you've asked me to do here. I'm living in ease. Everything's are, things are good. Why, why are you sending me to that place? Why are you sending me to this to this 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 place? Well, God tells him the third number three there. He says, "Call out against it." He says, "Rise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it." Why? For their evil has come up before me. Not only did Jonah know the evil of Nineveh, but God knew the evil of Nineveh. God knew the evil of Nineveh. Why was God sending Jonah there? Because God is a compassionate God. Why does God send you across the street? Why does God send you next door? Why does God send you up the road or wherever he sends you? Because God is a compassionate God. 
God wanted uh, the, the Ninevites to repent. Notice what God says. He says, call out against it. That in some translations, the New American Standard says, cry out against it. In other words, Jonah, listen, I don't want you to murmur. Uh, I don't want you to whisper. I want you to cry out against this city. Cry out against this wicked and, and evil city. Think John the Baptist in the wilderness. Remember, Nineveh was 600,000 people. It was the largest city in the world at the time. God basically is saying this to Jonah. Jonah, go and cry out to this city to repent. I'll do the rest. I mean, how in the world is one man going to show up in that wherever he shows up? We'll see that later on. And then Jonah just preaches a very small sermon. Right? It's just a few words. But how in the world is all 600,000 people in that place going to hear that individual? What's going to go through Jonah to the king and then to the rest of the place? But God knew all that. He just wanted Jonah to be obedient and go. Listen, this is what I'm telling you to do, Jonah. Just go. Go and do what I've asked you to do. Their evil has come up before me, God said. The people in the city of Nineveh, they were lost. They were wayward. You know, we can don't 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 lose sight of this. Nineveh was evil. They were cruel. They, they were they were all those other things. But in reality, Nineveh, the people of Nineveh, they were lost. They were without Jesus Christ. They were just like me and you prior to our salvation experience. Well, preacher, I never murder anybody. Neither have I. But you're a liar, though. I bet you've cheated. I bet you've done all those other things. So we're all sinners. We're all sinners by nature, regardless of what we've done. It doesn't matter what we've done. The, the Ninevites were sinners. They were lost. They were wayward. In the eyes of God, they were an unrighteous and an unholy people. And God wanted to send Jonah to this people, this compassionate God, wanted to send his prophet to these people to cry out to them to repent. Why? So they could be saved. They could be saved. That's a compassionate God. You know, God knew all these things. And God had compassion even on this cruel and wicked group of people. And so when people say, listen, you don't know what I've done, preacher. I don't know what you've done, but God knows what you've done. And God knew what the Ninevites had done, and it didn't matter to him. He still wanted to send Jonah because he had compassion on those people. According to the International Mission Board, there are 11,500 distinct people groups in the world today. There are over 6,800 unreached with the gospel people groups that are neither unreached or uh, either unreached or engage, unengaged. There are an estimated 7 billion people on earth, 3.8 of which do not have adequate access to the gospel. What does that mean? That means this. 1.27 billion have never or will never hear the gospel if we do not answer the call of God, arise and go to Nineveh. Well, he's not sending me to modern-day Iraq. Maybe not. But your Nineveh may be across the street. Listen, your Nineveh may be in your own home. Your Nineveh may be in your own home. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. 
This is a desert place. If you remember anything about Philip, and we'll get to Philip later on in the book of Acts, but Philip's ministry in Samaria was a hugely successful ministry. People were getting saved left and right because of the preaching of Philip. And then the Holy Spirit comes to him and says, Listen, I want you to go over here to this to preach to one man, the Ethiopian eunuch. That's what I want you to do, Philip. Oh, God, you see what's going on here? See all these people that are getting saved? Yeah, yeah, you're done exactly what I wanted you to do here. Now I want you to go over there and do this. God is a compassionate and loving God who wishes that none should perish. He has called the church to proclaim the message of the gospel. It's a message of repentance to a wicked, dark, cruel, lost, and wayward world. The question is, are you and I willing to leave the comforts of our own safety our secure lives to be the ones who take the message to a lost and wayward world? Are we going to turn and run the other way? Choice is ours. So the message of God was clear. It was concise. There should be no questions asked here, right? It's, it's simple. Jonah should, Jonah should be like Isaiah. Here I am, send me. That's not the case. That's not the case. The second thing we're going to see this evening is Jonah's blatant rebellion. His blatant rebellion against God. Look at verse 3. But Jonah. But Jonah. Now the contrast to that is down in verse 4 when it says, But the Lord. But the Lord. And what God did in verse 4, and we'll talk about that uh, the next time we, we gather, but what God did in verse 4 is a lot... Uh, greater than uh, what Jonah did. But it says, but Jonah. Remember, what did I tell you when you see the word but in Scripture? Something's getting ready to change. There's a transition getting ready to happen. And this this one is a negative transition. But Jonah rose. He did get up. All right, Jonah got up. and God told him to arise. He 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 did get up. Rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go to, with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Webster's Dictionary defines rebellion this way, an act of violent or open resistance to an established government or ruler. This is open, blatant resistance. To not a government, but, but a ruler. And it was God. God was, Jonah was blatantly, you know, you, you, I love scripture because oftentimes in scripture, man, God gets right to the point. No questions asked. He didn't beat around the bush. God said, but Jonah rose to flee to go to Tarshish. Jonah had no intent to obey God. He had none whatsoever. Now, a moment ago, I told you that Nineveh was 550 miles from where Jonah currently was, basically in Joppa. It was 550 miles to the northeast of, of, of Joppa. Well, take this into consideration. Tarshish was 2,500 miles in the opposite direction. 2,500 miles to the west of where Jonah currently was. So he had no intentions of being obedient to God. He was in outright rebellion to the call of God. 
he got up. I mean, we see that. Way to go, Jonah. Give him a slap on the back for that. But he had no intentions to go to Nineveh. In fact, no. if you notice that Tarshish, the word Tarshish is repeated three times in Scripture. And when anything's repeated in Scripture, it's probably important. But the emphasis is, the emphasis on that is how far Jonah was willing to go to try to run from the presence of God. He didn't want to just go the 550 miles it was going to take. And that's a long way anyway, particularly when you're walking. But he wanted to go just the opposite direction. 25, it was, I mean, he wanted to go 2,500 miles in the completely opposite direction from where God had called him to go. But that speaks to how, how far that you and I will go in our rebellion to the Lord. In our rebellion to the Lord. It would have been actually Tarshish, they say, would have been about as far in the opposite direction of Nineveh that Jonah could have gone. Jonah was going to do whatever it took. To not go to Nineveh. Jonah's motive was clear. He said he was running from the presence of the Lord. Notice that the presence of the Lord is noted twice in there. In the first part he says he, he, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go to, with him to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. It's clear what Jonah's motive was. He was running from the presence of the Lord. It's noted twice. But I can assure you this, that is an impossibility. You can't run from the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is everywhere. So Jonah wasn't necessarily running from the presence of God. Jonah understood I think Jonah understood that the, that the presence of God was everywhere. He was a prophet of God. He, he understood those things. But Jonah was running from his office as a prophet. He was running from God's will for his life. And God was sending him to Nineveh. And so thinking in terms of running from the presence of God, Jonah was actually running from his office as a prophet. He was running from God's call on his life to go to Nineveh. Because you can't run from the presence of God. First Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Jeremiah twenty three twenty four. The Lord himself asks a rhetorical question. He says, can a person hide in secret places where I cannot see him? God didn't need an answer because it's, it's no. No. So he was attempting to escape from God's will. He was attempting to get as far away as possible from God's will, going in the completely opposite direction. It was a deliberate and an intentional act. He rose to flee. He went down to Joppa. Jonah found a ship. That means he just happened upon a ship. There just happened to be a ship there that was going to Tarshish at that time. I just wonder what Jonah would have done. How long would he have waited there for that ship that there wouldn't have been a ship? I mean, ships didn't, just didn't come into the ports just like they do now, as often as they do now. But he rose to flee. Notice how deliberate all this was. He rose to flee. He went down to Joppa. He found a ship. He paid the fare. 
He got on the ship. Some translations say he went down into the ship. So, you know, if, if you... Here's the thing. You get on a boat, and I've not been on many boats, but if I get on a boat... And I'm intending to stay on that boat. If that boat has a lower cabin, I'm probably going to go down into that lower cabin and get comfortable, right? Jonah, that's what he did. He went down into that lower cabin and he gets comfortable. He's ready to hang out because he knows how long this trip is going to be. So he goes on board. He goes down into this, into this boat to go with them. That right there, church, tells us that Jonah was not only trying to flee from the presence of God, trying to flee from the will of God, but he was a-okay with allowing other people to suffer for those consequences too. He got on this board, this ship with these individuals. These guys had no idea who this dude was. He just paid the fare and they gave him a ride. But they were going to suffer the consequences of Jonah being on board here uh, shortly. You see how that works? When we become rebellious against God and we decide, listen, God, I'm not going to do what you've called me to do. I'm not going to do what you've asked me to do. It doesn't just affect us. Our willingness to be disobedient and rebellious to God affects other people as well. You know, this is a cautionary tale for all of us. Because what happened? God let Jonah go. What, what, I mean, they're, they're may, God could have said, listen, I, there's not going to be a ship there for you to go to Tarshish. And God could have said, uh, you know, there, there's a ship there, but there's not a crew to man that ship. So you're not going to go anywhere, Jonah. You know, Jonah could have tripped coming down to Joppa and broke his leg or something. He couldn't have gone anywhere. God could have made all that stuff happen. But God didn't. God let Jonah go. God will let you go. If He calls you to do something and you do not do it, God will let you go and do what you want to do. He'll allow you to do that. But there will come a point. There will come a point that God will get your attention. He'll get your attention. For me, I am. I, I was so. It was so fortunate when God got my attention. God had blessed my life for years, and He continued to bless my life. And all that time, I knew exactly what God wanted me to do. I knew that God wanted me to be in full time ministry. I knew that. I knew that from a young age. I knew that probably in my early 20s that God was calling me into ministry. But I ran and I ran and I ran and I ran. I was in direct rebellion against the Lord. But fortunately for me, I wasn't swallowed by a big fish. You know, I wasn't swallowed by a big fish, but God let me go. But the reality of it is, is I don't know, and, and, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't dwell on that any longer, but I used to dwell on that. I don't know what I missed from the time God called me into full-time ministry. I don't know what I missed until 2014 when I actually told God, listen, okay, God, I'm tired of running, man, I'm tired. What do you want me to do? And I submitted to Him to, to full-time ministry. And it's been great, you know, ever since. That's why I'm here today. 
because I finally stopped running. I, I finally, you know, it's, I look back on those moments and I think it was one of those things. You ever, you ever seen those? You know, the, the cartoon with the wily coyote and all those other things. You know, when they, when they begin to, you know, just start off taking to run and they, they're running in, you know, they're standing still and they're running. You know, their legs are spinning and they're spinning real fast, but they're standing still. That's what I was doing. I was running from God, but I wasn't going anywhere. I was that, I was that wily coyote. I was just standing still and I, my legs were just spinning and I was just doing all these things and I was, I was running from God, but I was just right there. You know, it was like God had his, his hand, his hand on the back of my shirt. He was holding on to me the whole time and I wasn't going anywhere, but I sure thought I was. I sure thought I was. But God will let us go. He didn't immediately try to stop Jonah from making his decision to run. And oftentimes he will not stop us. He'll not stop us. Now this doesn't mean that, that, that Jonah thought he could, he could get to, to Tarshish and, and, and God wouldn't be there. Or God would just say, you know what, Jonah? Yeah, okay. You've traveled this 2,500 miles. You know what? I, man, it's going to be a tough trip back. So just stay there. Just stay there in, in, in Tarshish. Just hang out in Tarshish. It's okay. I'll find somebody else to do my will for me. No. I, you know, the, the story, we know the story. God sends a great fish and all those other things. But, but God could have allowed Jonah to go all the way to Tarshish. And he could have brought him all the way back. But God was gracious in that he didn't. He didn't allow Jonah to get all the way to Tarshish. I don't know how far Jonah got, but he didn't get very far. He didn't allow him to get to Tarshish. But why? Because God needed something done in Nineveh, and Jonah was his prophet, and Jonah was going to be the one to do it. So there was never an intention. There was never a time that that God, Jonah would have would have got to Tarshish, and God would have said, "Listen, okay, I give up, Jonah. I give up. You beat me. You beat me." So the reality of it is, church, listen. If God is calling you and he's calling you to do something like me, that call stands from the moment he calls you to the moment that you say, yes, Lord, and you submit, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. It's part of God's plan. You're part of God's plan. Now, God can get other people to do that. God can do what he wants to do because he's God. Jonah may have thought, you know, if I could just get far enough away from God, then he won't call me back to Nineveh. There's a key contrast there in all of this. You see the compassion of God and the compassion of Jonah. There was no compassion on Jonah. Jonah had no compassion at all. If Jonah would have been compassionate, he would have said, listen, Lord, all right, I'll go to Nineveh. Man, them people are crazy there, and they're, and they're evil, and they're wicked, and all these other things. But let's go, Lord, I'll preach, and, you're, and, and, and they'll get saved kind of thing. That, that would have been compassion. That would have been compassion. But Jonah, he didn't, he didn't care about Nineveh. Jonah, you know who Jonah cared about? Jonah. <laughs> Jonah. That's who Jonah cared about. Christian loved God dearly. He professed to be a follower of Jesus. He enjoyed his life. He lived in a, a, a co- accordance with the principles of the Bible. On one particular day, God interrupted Christian's comfortable and safe life. God said, hey, Christian, do you see those people in high places? Those people who live in the spotlight, surrounded by many admirers? 
Do you see those politicians, those athletes, those famous people, all the others of great influence? Oh, and do you see those who might pose a serious threat to life and limb? Christian, God said, I want you to do, uh, I want you to uh, do to them. Uh, this is what I want you to do. I want you to call out to them, call out their evil and their wickedness. But Christian did not want to hear what the Lord had to say, let alone to cry out to these lost and wayward people. Christian was afraid he would end up looking like a fool. Christian knew God was a compassionate and loving God. He knew God would save these people too, relenting of a disastrous judgment he had planned for them. So in willful rebellion, Christian ran. He ran from God. As he ran, Christian thought God would not see him. Again, Christian, that's a specific term here of an individual, but it's also a broad term of all of us. What is God calling you to do, Christian? What is God calling you to do? Psalm 139, 7-10 says this, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee, flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my home in shield, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. We cannot hide from the presence of God. We can't hide from the presence of God, but we can try to hide from His will in our lives. We can try to hide, not only can we try to hide, but we can run from the will of God in our lives. We can decide to avoid following the will of God. We can be in direct rebellion uh, to God. We can run to Tarshish. We can say, listen, Lord, I'm not going to do what you've asked me to do. I'm not going to go to Nineveh, whatever that Nineveh is. I'm not going to do your will, Lord. I refuse. And so as we close this morning, I wonder, you know, are you running to Tarshish? What has God called you to do? I don't know what God's called you to do. That's between you and God. What has He called you to do as a follower of Jesus Christ? What is He asking you to do? And are you running to Tarshish? Are you going down to your Joppa, jumping on that ship, paying that fare, whatever that fare might be? And that's another thing we got to understand. Listen, some of us, when we run from the will of God, listen, we'll pay whatever. We'll pay whatever. I don't care how much it costs. I'm going to pay whatever I have to pay to run from the will of God. That was Jonah's mentality. He didn't care. He just paid the fare. That's what the Bible says. He paid the fare. He, he may have not asked how much this is. I don't care how much it is. How, you know, how, you know, how much do I have to pay you? Whatever it is, I'll pay you. But when we run from God, or we go down to our Joppa, we find us a ship. We happen upon a ship. All right, that's where that's going where I want it to go. We pay the fare. We get on board. We head down into the depths of that ship and say, man, this is comfortable. It's cozy in here. This is where I'm going to stay. I'm going to travel those 2,500 miles, which is the furthest I can go to get away from the will of God. That may be some of us. And here, I can tell you, there is no benefit in that. There is no benefit in running from the will of God. There's no benefits. There's no benefits. So have you decided to run from the will of God in your life? 
Has God called you into His service? Is He sending you somewhere to do something for Him? And you just flat out, blatantly rebel against His will. I don't know what God's doing. I don't know what He's calling you to do. I know what He's called me to do. I know what He's called me to do. I also know this, that what God has called me to do has not been easy. It's not been, it's not been uh, one of those things that, that has been uh, just, uh, just a great thing, a wonderful thing, and it's been so, so smooth and so all these other things. It's not been that. It's been challenging. It's been difficult. It's been rough. It's been overwhelming. There's been moments in, 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 as I follow the will of God and, and all these other things that, that I've wanted to throw in the towel. I tell somebody the other day, every Monday, tomorrow, I'm quitting. I will. I'll quit tomorrow. The next Monday, I'll quit again. Next Monday, I'll quit again. I always quit on Mondays. You know, it's just, it's just the way it is. It, it, that's a joke, by the way. All right, it's a joke. I'm not quitting tomorrow. I'm just saying that's just there's just those those moments and those things it's not it's not it's not easy it's not what Jonah what God was sending Jonah to do was not going to be easy it was not going to be easy but the reality of it was is God was going to be with Jonah and God is going to be with you when God sends you somewhere he's going to be with you every step of the way and when you get to those moments where you're overwhelmed you know what God does he picks you up and carries you and then he puts you back down and lets and anyway he walks with you side by side. And when you get to those moments, he picks you up and he carries you. Now that footprints in the sand uh, poem is a really good poem. He gets to the end of that poem and they ask, "Why is there one set of footprints?" The Lord says, "Because I was carrying you. I was carrying you." So I don't want you this evening as we as we think about it. I don't know what God's calling you to do in your life, but don't be a Jonah. Don't be a Jonah. Don't try fleeing from the presence of God by rebelling against his will in your life. There will be consequences for you and there will more than likely not only consequences for you, but consequences for others around you as well. And that's what we'll see next time we visit the book of Jonah. We're going to see those consequences, not only for Jonah, but also for those individuals that were on that ship that were going to Tarshish to do what they were naturally going to do. They they had no idea what was going on. And so we've all got a call from God. We've all got a purpose from God. The issue is, the question to ask is, are we going to be a Jonah? Or are we going to be an Isaiah? Those are the only two choices. We're either going to be an Isaiah or we're going to be a Jonah. Let's pray.
Thanks again for listening today. We hope the word preached today would be used by God mightily as you go about your week. Again, if you would like more information about our church or would like more digital content, please feel free to check us out on the web at southsidenp.org. Have a blessed day and may God grant you grace this week to grow more into the likeness of Jesus.